0: Over the months we have been uh, reading Mark's story about Jesus and we've been uh, discovering what Jesus is saying to us from that story. And this morning we're coming to uh, to an end of a section of Mark's story. And the section begins with um, a blind man regaining his sight and then it concludes with a blind man regaining his sight. And the New Revised Standard Version makes this suggestion about what the, what's the significance of this section. The story reminds us that it is the passion and the death and the resurrection of Jesus that we need to see more clearly. We can't be blind to His passion, His death and His resurrection if we are to truly understand who Jesus Christ is. Really important for us to understand who Jesus Christ is as he reveals himself, not as we determine who he is, but as he's revealed himself to humanity, and that's what these gospel writers are writing. But there's also something else, it's not just about you and I coming to understand and believe who Jesus really is, but it's also for us to truly come to a place of being willing to pay the price to follow Him. There is a price to pay if we're going to follow Jesus. doesn't mean you pay to follow Jesus. It means that once you start following Jesus, you're being asked to be willing to do certain things that, that just cut across the grain of who we naturally are And how our world works. So out of the section, this is what we've discovered together. That Jesus is saying, if we we really see Jesus for who he is, then we must be willing, one, to be last. To be in last place. To be a servant to all rather than to be served. To resist an us versus them mentality. Remember, the disciples said to Jesus, Hey, we ran across these guys and they were casting out demons in your name. We told them to stop because they were not one of us. And Jesus said, Are you kidding me? If they're not against us, they're for us. Don't have an us versus them mentality. Now, I would say that's a pretty challenging cost for us to pay in the world that we're now living in. One of the costs of following Jesus is to deal radically with anything that causes others or ourselves to lose faith in our King and His coming kingdom. Man, again, we are living at a time, culturally, where so many people have lost faith. Sadly, it's in the church, and the church is not always Jesus, though the church really ought to be Jesus. But there's people that are the nevers. I'm never going to do that again. We we got to find what I mean that that's, that's got to be an eyeball that's ripped out, an arm that's cut off, a stone that's put around an neck. I mean, those are radical hyperboles that Jesus uses, but we got to take seriously when people start checking out of faith in Jesus. We got to deal with that. We can't point the again. It's not them. It's not that ugly. It's not that the world's gotten so much worse. No, it's us. And we've got to deal with it radically. That's a huge cost in following Jesus. Oh, here, who? dang it, here's another one. One of the costs of following Jesus is we've got to be at peace with one another. And we're, when we're not at peace with one another then we do everything in our own power to make that peace. Here's another one. One of the costs of following Jesus is to look beyond legalism because Jesus is not trying to institute a new law. He's trying to bring new creation. That's a different thing. To receive the kingdom as a child. To let go of anything that keeps us from entering the kingdom. Remember? The rich young ruler had yeah, well okay there's one there's one last thing. You've got to let go of your riches and you gotta let go of the position and the power that goes with me, because you can't drag those through the eye of a needle and be in my kingdom. So if there's things that keep you from entering the kingdom, you've got to let go of those. Well, it doesn't matter if it's riches. That, I mean, there's a whole host of things that we could hold on to. Gotta let go of them. That's a cost. Count the cost. Then I love it. Because the, the disciples were really disturbed when Jesus said man, if that guy can't be saved, who, who, who can be saved? And Jesus says, well. If you're relying upon yourself, it's impossible. With God, it's not impossible. And then they said, well, well, we've left, we've let go, we've let go of everything. We've and Jesus said, That's right. And I promise you that I'm going to bless you. You're going to receive back anything that you lost, you're going to receive back, and with persecution. <laughs> don't, you, don't you love hanging out with Jesus? I mean, it you get you smiling and think, oh, this is great. What? See, are we are we willing to accept blessings and persecutions? I, I mean, does that is that? That's a challenge. I, yes, I want... Bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. No, I don't want to be persecuted. It's both. And we don't get to choose when. Wow. And to give up our life for the sake of others like Jesus did All right, I guess I should say if you want to keep following Jesus you should stay if you don't want to I guess it's time to go we got to work this out This this is and again this isn't easy but this is what it means to be a person that follows Jesus and this is just one short section in one gospel story so these are the questions I want you to consider. Because this comes out of Jesus healing a blind man. And I love that it, the question is really... And so it's the guy that he heals and he said, Jesus, well, how, what do you see? Well, I, I kind of see I kind of see trees I don't really see really clearly. And then Jesus, the question is, well, are your eyes wide open? Just think, you got to think about the comedy of that. All right? Did you open your eyes? (laughs) Open your eyes wide. So are our eyes wide open? Is our sight restored? And do we see everything clearly? Those are three really guiding questions. Through the section on who Jesus is and what it costs to follow him. So we get to Mark chapter 10 verse 46. To 56. They came to Jericho and as he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was the Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him, sternly ordered him to be quiet. He cried out even louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped. Stood still. Call him here. They invited the blind man saying to him, take courage, take heart, get up. He's calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and he came to Jesus. And then Jesus said to him, -what what do you want? What do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus said to him, my teacher, my Lord, my master, let me see again. Let me see again. And so Jesus said, go. Your faith has saved you. And immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. It's possible to lose sight. In Bartimaeus' life, it was literal. But it can also happen figuratively. So this morning, my hope is that we're going to regain our sight. Now, when we're traveling with Jesus he's leaving jericho uh, i don't know if you can see this is an aerial shot you can't see the details as much but this is jerich this is the city of jericho okay what's this mountains what's what's that that's a desert what's that kind of green and blue water what kind, what body of water is that close to jericho Canyon Lake, that's close. That's really close. Dead Sea, way to go, Jeff. So Jericho is that close to the Dead Sea. And so we are with Jesus in his final push to Jerusalem. Jesus, the twelve, a large crowd, they're beginning the last leg of their walk to Jerusalem. they are about 20 miles or so to go, And there's going to be an elevation change between Jericho and Jerusalem of 3,300 feet. Those of you that like to climb around in the mountains, how much of a a change is 3,300 feet and 20 miles? Pretty severe. (laughs) So you're moving from 800 feet below sea level, that's where Jericho is, to Jerusalem that's 2,500 feet above sea level. And they're going to be walking through this desolate, mountainous country. And it's an area known to be inhabited by thieves and robbers. Samaritan story. where are on the road between Jerusalem and Jericho. So there's something that I think Mark is communicating here. Hey, it is all uphill from here. So if, if, if you want to see who Jesus really is, you better see him now. Because it, it, it's going to get hard from here on out, and there on the side of the road, we discover Bartimaeus. Bar, bar. Who, know, who knows a little Hebrew? Bar means son. So Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. That's we're just repeating ourselves. Bar Timaeus means son of Timaeus. Now, because he's the son of somebody, and he's sitting on the side of the road, again, just knowing about the culture of the Middle East, you don't sit on the side of the road by yourself if you have family. Your family family will always take care of you, unless you you abandon your family. Your family's not going to abandon you. Just think about the prodigal son story. The father let the son go, but the father's waiting, watching, looking. I want my son to return, regardless of what he's done. That's the way Middle Eastern people work. So I'm going to think, I think he's probably a son. Timaeus is really close to the Greek word that means honor or value. So it's this valuable son sitting on the side of the road because I think he's lost the support of his family, in particular his father. I think probably his father's dead. So he's homeless. And he sits on the side of the road, a really busy intersection between Jericho and Jerusalem. And as people pass by him, he's asking for contributions so he can survive. And he also listens to conversations as they go. He's blind. He's a beggar. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out. Son of David, Jesus, have mercy on me. See, even a blind man, this is again within this story, even a blind man can know who Jesus is. That's pretty incredible. They can know who Jesus is even though they don't see him. Have mercy on me. What what kind of mercy? If you were a blind beggar on the side of the road, what would you be? You'd be crying mercy because you need what? Really? You think he lived with this expectation day in and day out without Jesus? Get Jesus out of the equation. What do the people at their intersections want? Money. Money! The word mercy means alms as well as compassion. So when he cries out in Aramaic or Greek, have mercy on me, people are telling him to be quiet, not because he's blind, it's because, hey... We're not giving contributions today. And besides that, we don't have any contributions to give. <laughs> Many in the procession with Jesus rebuked him. Be quiet. Which I love, I love that their rebuke just caused him to cry out even louder. You see, he, he is convinced. And the only way you would know would be stories that he's heard of people passing by. About Jesus of Nazareth. And then the Holy Spirit would also be active. But that's it. He hasn't seen it. He hasn't been around it. He's just heard it. And when Jesus hears him, Jesus stopped. Jesus stood still. That is, again, you're in this procession moving, starting to go uphill, and they stops. I mean, Jesus... I came, I came not to be served, but to serve to give my life a where I'm on I'm, my I'm, I'm way. I know where I'm going. I know it's going to... And he stops because of this cry. When Bartimaeus comes to him, and again, he throws off his outer cloak. That would have been like... I mean, that's how he survived outside. Threw, out of, threw off his outer cloak, and he comes to Jesus. I mean, again, a blind man coming to Jesus. You can't see him. There's a crowd of people. It's kind of like Chuck with those sunglasses. They kind of remind me of. <laughs> and Jesus says, What do you want me to do for you? Do you want food? Do you want shelter? Need some money? Or do you need mercy, compassion? Rabboni, it's more than my teacher. It's recognizing an elevation over teacher. My Lord, my master. Again, this blind, this blind man sees and knows who Jesus is. I want to regain, I want to regain my sight. It tells us that Bartimaeus sometime in his life saw. I want to regain my sight. I want to see again. Go, Jesus says, your faith. Your faith has saved you. So, what, again, thinking of a blind beggar on the side of the road, in what way is he experiencing salvation? Physically, he sees. Socially, he do not have to sit on the side of the road and beg for money anymore. He doesn't have to be homeless anymore. I mean, yeah, is, there, is there an alteration of his soul? Sure. But salvation is not just about later. It's about now. This, and there's some very big nows in Bartimaeus' life. Your faith has it saved you in this moment and forever. Wow. He regained his sight immediately and he began to follow Jesus. So I really think that you and I... There's some things that we can learn from this blind beggar, homeless man who experiences the mercy and the power of Jesus on the road. Think for a moment. I mean, Bartimaeus, in the state that he was in, had every reason to lose sight for any positive change in what would be a miserable life. If if he would have been a hopeless individual, never expecting any change in his life, that would have seemed pretty normal. And we, we see those kind of people pretty regularly on our streets. And some of us may also be kind of like that. We just don't see anything changing for the positive in our life. Bartimaeus, though blind, saw Jesus for who He is. When He says "Son of David," He's acknowledging you are the promised King. You're Messiah. I know that you are Messiah. When He says "Rabboni," He says "Your Lord," "Your Master," and you're the one I can trust. And Bartimaeus regained his sight. He saw Jesus for who Jesus is, and then he was willing to follow him, counting the cost. Jesus is going uphill all the way to Jerusalem, and in in Jerusalem, he's going to suffer. He's going to be rejected. There's betrayal. There's condemnation. There's death, but there's, there's resurrection. So it really leads to a time for you and I. You know, I want us to taste the powers of the age to come. That's what the writer of Hebrews says. You know, maybe we don't get the full meal deal right now, but we can get tastes. So, Holy Spirit, I ask you, as we we sang earlier, I ask you to come. And now I really ask for you to initiate ministry based upon this incredible encounter of Jesus and Bartimaeus. So these are some questions I want you to consider. And then I want us to take a moment to uh, kind of group together and share together. But I'll give you some moments just to, to think about it. You know, where have we lost sight of any positive change? Things changing for the better in the miseries of life. Who do, we, who do we see Jesus to be? What do we want Jesus to do for us? And then when we regain our sight, will we follow Jesus even when following Him is extremely costly? I believe those are all the questions that mark that the Holy Spirit would bring into our lives based upon what's been recorded for us in the story of Bartimaeus. So may I invite you to get in groups of three to five, not any bigger than that. And would you be willing to share your answer to these questions and then pray for each other to regain sight in who Jesus is what Jesus has initiated in our world and what it means to follow Him, even when it's costly. Can we do that? All right. Then go. F- find a group of three to five. I want to encourage you to kind of wrap it up and pray for each other. Um, But I'm just going to say an amen to our...